HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo, growing the best and most interesting heirloom beans available. Learn more at ranchogordo.com. So how many people did we lose? How many good people have we lost because of these organizations too? So it's just not racial issues in the industry. You know, everybody has had their Me Too moment, not as much as the wine industry has. Eventually those are gonna come out as well. We have to just change, we have to change the industry because we want to change the world. Welcome to The Big Food Question, a podcast exploring the most urgent questions from a food industry in crisis. I'm Dylan Hoyer, a producer for Heritage Radio Network. Today we're asking, how can the wine industry become more inclusive? What tools can wine industry professionals use to do so? And what's a reasonable timeline to expect change? We'll hear from Julia Coney, a wine writer, wine educator, speaker, consultant, and activist. Born out of necessity, Julia Coney recently founded Black Wine Professionals, a resource for wine industry employers and gatekeepers, professionals, and the food and beverage community at large. The goal is to lift up the multifaceted Black professionals in the world of wine. She talks with Sam Ben-Ruby, the host of HRN's The Grape Nation, about the challenges wine professionals of color are facing, how she hopes to see the industry evolve, and her ideas for the Black Wine Professionals platform. You know, let's get into it. The pandemic doesn't seem to be going away. You Mm -hmm. know, the social, this whole racial inequality and police injustice thing persists. Um, It seems like the protests have quieted down a bit, although I think there's a pretty big protest today. I worry, and I want to talk to you about this, I worry that the uh, effort and message that has been put out there, you know, will either fade, be forgotten, or not be as strong as life tends to return to normal, you know, after the anger dies. And there was some pretty good anger out there, but like I said, it's quieted down. I, I want to ask you, because I think you're tasked with this, you know, this is one of your inner-driven tasks, how do we maintain any of this presence and momentum, you know, representing and promoting, you know, the BIPOC community, women um, in our industry? We can continue to do it. I mean, we, you know, part of the world opening back up helps our industry, Right. We can still post bottle shots and still be, a, be in protest. We can still do that. I think one doesn't negate the other. 
it is actually saying, hey, I'm actually having fun with wine. I actually like wine. I like to sell wine. I like to drink wine. I like to write about wine. But I can also say we still have issues with the systemic racism in this country. At the same time, I'm showing a bottle shot. Right, where it's fair to say at a time we were only showing bottle shots Mm -hmm. and not discussing much else. Fair to say that? Fair to say that, yes. All right, so... I. I know diverse. Well, I, well, let me just, Go just ahead. say this. Go I ahead. think it's fair to say among people who are not BIPOC. To people who are BIPOC, this has always been the issue we've had our entire lives. So we can we've talked about it, we've posted about it, we've posted about Tamir Rice, we've posted about Sandra Bland, we've posted about Trayvon Martin, we've posted still posting about Breonna Taylor. We're right. posting about those things. People who are not maybe BIPOC have just dis- really are now seeing like, hey, this really is a problem because the world had to go on pause for it to happen. Right. Pause because of everything that happened. Because of everything that happened. But we couldn't have, I don't think we could have had this movement in in February, right? Because or before. the world was the same. Right. Uh, I, I agree. That's, you know, that was my, my question was, yes, I mean, you know, th- things are, are really being put out there and being discussed. I just, you know, hope that the momentum keeps going. And, and you, you make a good point. Don't forget that and keep that front and center. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, the other stuff, just as important, we're in the industry. Talk about wine and post about wine and all that stuff. Um, let me ask you this. I know... Diversity is a word that's been thrown around. <laughs> it's kind of like a buzzword now, and I'm not making light of anything. It's almost like natural and natural wine. Yes. Um, but it, it is an important word. Why has, and I know this, because you know, I've been doing this for years, and you've been doing it longer. What, why has the wine and hospitality industry been so slow to be you know, inclusive? And more importantly, when it was in their face, how did they miss their chance? And, you know, are they making efforts to get that chance back? So I'm going to say, in my opinion, when you never had to deal with it, it's almost, I think part of them, part of the industry may think, think it, we could have swept this under the rug. Right. Right. That's part of it. But I am a person that believes in giving people grace. And I believe you can come imperfect instead of trying to be perfect. That's my belief. Right. So... Key initiatives, that's one of them, mm-hmm. you know, where realize that it's never too late, you know, and let's let's be more inclusive, you know, educate. What else? You can hire people, hire people to talk. I mean, everybody's doing a program. You can say as a company, we'll read the same book and maybe bring in a person to has who understands how to explain this instead of you just reading the book and then you have this issue now like well I'm doing my part and I'm trying and I don't know what to say you have to say something that's the key you have to say something because we all make mistakes right no one's going to get it right right but is it really gonna change but we gotta give it time too I mean we're not even giving it time right we we think about it it's been what six seven weeks Right. Change. We have to give also change and people learning and people are scrambling. And sometimes people I have talked to a lot of people, they don't really know what to do. Right. So that's why the conversations have to keep having the conversations in telling people what to do, because a lot of people don't know also how to ask for help. 
because in their mind they think you know like I thought I was doing something now you're telling me I'm not but how do I do it and who do I ask right it's all those things right and it goes back to if you have a BIPOC psalm in your restaurant and you're they're saying the customer is being racist because I've heard all these stories and I know this happens and you have a, a management who's like oh well they were just drunk well that still doesn't mean the customer's always right that's crazy oh yes god that, that... so we have to have a, also to where it's a safe space for people to say hey I'm being discriminated against in the workplace and you need to stand up instead of going well that's a that's a $300 table or that's a $600 table right what's a reasonable amount of time you you know you're very you're very fair to say that it's only been literally a amount of weeks you know maybe a couple of months and you are pragmatic and patient <laughs> some people are not you know for good reason i mean to yeah. get things done you you got to do it now but you know if you and i see each other we come back and talk again on the air you know when do you feel like three months six months nine months a year later when do you sit there and go well went back to where it was or you see all these changes i mean what's a fair period of time you know where you should see some movement i think six to nine months okay i really think six to nine months i think things are moving you know you have a lot of organizations being formed you have a lot of people are donating funds that still takes time we're also still in a pandemic (laughs) right let's take who you are you know you're a woman Mm mm-hmm African-American mm-hmm. in an industry that we discussed a little about some of its problems. What are your hopes as a black woman in the wine, you know, in the hospitality industry? You know, what's we've talked about timelines. We talked about you're probably a little more patient <laughs> than most people. But what what can you imagine for yourself? What do you think will happen the next year or so i think from if we go down media side i think there'll be a lot of new wine voices coming out now people feeling they had a voice to speak about wine i don't necessarily mean it's talking just about race but they have a palette and they have a voice and they're going to use that i think we're going to see more people working with different you know different entities in the wine world maybe we're going to see more people of color move into importing We're going to see more people of color moving into educational roles as they come about slowly working with different, you know, larger consortiums, larger AVAs that spread the word. I do believe within the year is going to vastly look different, but I just have to give it some time. Right. As well. Right. Because I'm also going to reach out to the people who said that they were going to make a change. I'm going to hold them accountable to say, hey, we noticed that you said some things. How can you, you know, have anything? Do you know, do you need our help to find you a person? If you say you want to p- provide harvest internships, how can black wine professionals help you find a harvest intern? Well, that that's the reality. The reality yes. is, you know, there has been incredible change and incredible amount of voices and incredible amount of activism. You know, everyone has to be held accountable. That's the thing that the pressure has to maintain and even grow, you know, Mm -hmm. and I agree with that. We'll be right back to the big food question after a short break. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo. 
Over the past 19 years, Rancho Gordo has led the revival of heirloom beans, taking the lowly bean from a healthy but neglected member of the vegetable family to a near superstar status ingredient. From growing the best and most interesting beans available to making sure all crops are fresh and a pleasure to cook with, Rancho Gordo's mission is to encourage cooks to experience and enjoy the unique flavors of heirloom beans. Rancho Gordo produces nearly 30 varieties of heirloom beans and lentils, as well as corn, grains, chilies, and other cooking ingredients. You can learn more at ranchogordo.com. That's R-A-N-C-H-O-G-O-R-D-O.com. Welcome back to the Big Food Question. We're going to jump back into the conversation between the host of the Grape Nation, Sam Ben Ruby, and wine writer and founder of Black Wine Professionals, Julia Coney. Julia, you founded very recently an organization called Black Wine Professionals. Um, I always ask people this, you know, whether it's finding an organization like this, writing a book, when and how did it come about? I mean, Part of that answer is obvious, but you know, <laughs> what, what's the specifics? Don't explain what it is yet, but just tell me when you, know, you decided this had to happen or if it was an idea, you know, and how did it come about? So it came about the night after I did that Instagram Live. I was so drained, right. like emotionally and physically, and I kind of laid on my floor and just cried for like some minutes to get it all out. And I that- tried to go to sleep. I tried to do the normal, like go to sleep, you know, take a bath, read a book, go to sleep, but right. I couldn't sleep. And I kept thinking, what can I do? That's really where it came from. What can I do? So I woke up like four in the morning. I eventually fell asleep and it still was on my mind. What am I going to do? If I want to change the industry, what do I do? Who do, who am I trying to help? And so the idea said, came to me was, okay, create a listserv of these amazing black wine professionals that you know who a lot of times don't get access they don't get asked for things you have to create this and i get on my computer i realize the domain name is available an email is available the instagram is available and i literally start working on it the next day jesus so it wasn't thought about four months ago it literally happened in the six weeks, and I wrote out what do I want to do? How do I help people get the next level of education? We all know those books cost money, those classes cost money, and these people want those things. So I was like, I'm gonna find an organization, ask for donations, and I wanna help people take classes. I wanna promote these professionals. If I hear about a job, who can I send it to? That's how that came about. And then my friend of mine, Tammy, who does strategy and advising, she, when I said, I called her. I was like, I need help. And she was like, what do you need me to do? That's really how that came about. It was not super thought out. Like, well, no, no. I mean, you were you were almost driven. Yes. Your mind was in a certain place mm-hmm. as far as what was going on. And then when we talked about the emotional and physical part, you needed, I wouldn't use the word escape, but you needed to put your mind to something mm-hmm. that I guess in your mind was constructive and what you can do. And that would sort of get you, you know, on the even better path forward, right? Yes. Right. Now, you've always been active and activist. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, I, I could point out articles, you know, you've written and discussions you've had, you know, years and years back. Um, but like you said, I guess the world has to come to a certain point where you really, you know, sit down and, and, and formulate all this. You may have touched on some points, but the mission statement of black wine professionals is really is what? The mission statement is I don't want another person to tell me they don't know any black wine professionals to hire for a job. That's the oldest excuse in the world. I would, but I where 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 do I go? Do I Who go? Where go? you know? There's it's the always there them that you know. There's not that many. You know, it's yes. bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah, and it means like I've done the work, and I'm continually adding people, and you you know this way you don't have to do your Google search. You literally go to one website, and we divided it up: media, sommeliers, educators, marketing, sales. We're going to have a job board on there. So people can post their jobs for looking for people because it goes back to things like just say a harvest intern. How does a person who wants to work a harvest intern know that there's an intern spot available? Right. (laughs) That's it. This is, you know, a spot to list all of that. Um, I want to cover cover a bunch of things. The first thing is, how do you get people to get to you with that information? So we have an application process and on the site, and so a form that people fill out. And what we do with this, we put them based on where they fit into the listserv, right? right? If you're a wine buyer, wine director, you're there. And one of the things that is most important is you have to, if you're certified, if you have a certification and you haven't been working in the business long, you have to have skin in the game. Because we're not looking, and that's one of the reasons it's about professionals. I didn't put influencers. Right. I am not an influencer person for that. There are people that do that. It is for people who are actually actively working in wine. So if you and also the requirements. If you're a podcaster, you have to have a podcast that is, has current content. Right. So I can say, hey, you've been podcasting. This is a person. If there, if there's a podcasting conference that's going on eventually hey you guys there's a podcast conference you might go there and learn some tips one of the things we also want to do is help people with um funding in different areas so certifications one of the things with scholarships you have to already have been certified because we all know that if you don't have skin in the game at the beginning it's really hard right right but if you're a cms certified but you're trying to get to advance or maybe you got accepted we're going, to, we're going to try to help you with that. Right. W set two going to W set three. There's a big leap in education, but there's also a big leap in cost. Right. So you're a resource for that. We're a resource. We're trying to, re- like, that's one of the reasons I want to do. I want to be able to say I have, I can supply 10 to 15 W set scholarships, 10 to 15 CMS, CSW, because one of the things I tell people if you have been in the industry long enough and you don't have those, that are that's fine. But you have a lot of people with career changes like myself who had to pay those fees, right? right, right. And they keep adding up. Books add up. And also, let's be honest, wine adds up. How do you get the taste of wine? Well, that that that's always been a big issue. You know, that's yes. been pushed aside because I, I wouldn't use the word elite, but, you know, the people that always did that didn't have to worry about getting groups together. Mm-hmm. The money for wine, the eight, ten years of time and the cost for the certification, 
you know, it's a big step. Mm-hmm. But also, we know it, it also means people, like when they go to get jobs, they, or they go to present classes, they may want to present workshops. Like, you may, you know, people who love France, right? And they want to become a French wine scholar. How can I help them become a French wine scholar? That's what they love to drink. Right. But then, yes, we can pay for the course. But we also have to help you get wine. Right. So, I think three important things you need to address is... If you are a resource, I think we discussed how you get to black wine professionals. If mm-hmm. you need the resource, you explained a little, you know, we're not talking about green people. You know, we're talking about people who have a little skin in the game. You go to the website, right? You go to the website and apply, and we'll be announcing scholarships and webinars and seminars in September. And we'll that's... Have a- that's people seeking the resources and people that have the resources, right? Exactly. Both sides? Both. Yes, both. Like, if you're a black wine professional, we're going to, like, one of the seminars I want to do is on Willamette Valley. Right. Hire, you know, getting the person who knows someone to teach that course. Because if you live, like, East Coast like we do, we only get so much of the Willamette Valley. We don't get what a lot of people get on the West Coast. No. So, but going through all those different AVAs and really speaking to that just as the learning because also we have to admit, we don't know where we're going to be in September. So that's why everything's going to be virtual. So then if you're a part of Black Wine Professionals, if you miss it for whatever reason, you'll get a link to watch it. So it'll be, they'll, they'll be, everything will be sort of archived and all mm-hmm. that, which is yeah. great. I said three things. Where can the resource go? Where can the person who needs resource? More importantly, if people are listening and they go, this is a great idea. You know, I'm not looking for a resource. I can't offer one, but I can offer financial support. How do people, you will take donations, right? Yes, it's a donation button on the main page. It's a donation button on the about page. And I respond to everybody, you know, who's like donating. Like, And I always say no donation is too small. And I think sometimes people feel like donations always have to be big. Right. They don't. Right. You know, it, it's, it's, we've had donations from hundreds of dollars to five dollars. And they're the same beautiful donation because that go that's going to go. So to someone to, you know, I'm working with someone who is one of the they wanted they applied to do a harvest and they reached out and they, you know, they're going to have to get to California. Those donations are going to help them get to California. Right. They're going to also help them stay in California. So people, we need donations. We need go, donations. Go to Black Wine Professionals and spend some time on the site to understand who the people yes. are, what they're doing. And like I said, if you're a resource, you know, get in there. If you're looking for it, get in there. And if you want to donate, you know, get in there too. What's the, is it blackwineprofessionals.com? Yes. That's it. That's yeah. all you need to know. You can find the link to the Black Wine Professionals website in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to The Big Food Question wherever you get your podcasts. Check back often as we address critical questions for eaters, operators, and workers across food topics and business sectors. If you have questions you'd like the show to answer, email us at question at heritageradionetwork.org. Special thanks for this episode to Julia Coney and Sam Benruby. The Big Food Question is produced by Katie Mosman-Wadler, Kat Johnson, Hannah Forden, Dylan Hoyer, Matt Patterson, Luke Griffin, and Jenny Dorsey. 
This episode's executive producer was me, Dylan Hoyer. Our audio engineer is Kevin Chang Barnum. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. The Big Food Question is powered by Simplecast. The content of this series is provided for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. You should obtain professional or specialist advice before taking or refraining from any action on the basis of this content. This project is funded in part by a Humanities New York CARES grant with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Federal CARES Act. This program is also supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. The Big Food Question is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org or follow us at heritage underscore radio.